Welcome to the New Media Show, where each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, UTC plus 4, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee take their over 30 combined years of leadership in the podcasting space to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct the current podcasting news, forecasts, trends, and predictions. Now here are your hosts, Academy of Podcasting Hall of Famers, <coughs> Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Everybody, welcome to the new media show. Rob, how you doing? Welcome. I'm doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be back doing the show again. We had a guest plan, but uh, our guests, what, bailed on us or what? Yeah, so they decided that uh, they didn't have anybody that was available to 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 join us oh. uh, this time. So we'll have to have to regroup and re reschedule. Well, isn't with someone. that isn't that something? They had don't they have a group of people and don't have one. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, it is. During, I've I faced this challenge in the past because, you know, it's during the middle of a work day and people get busy or they're traveling or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. they're supposed to stop everything. Right. Right. Just, just for us for stop. 90 minutes. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I, I have no problem stopping actually <laughs> up until two minutes ago. I wasn't, you weren't sitting in your chair and I wasn't sitting in mine. So yeah, we have yeah, to- <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And I think uh, when they see that it's a 90 minute show, I think they get, they can get a little nervous about that. So. Yeah. Today's what been, am I going to say for 90 minutes? <laughs> Today's uh, been uh, interda- interview day for me. Somehow all my interviews got scrunched into like today because I've been gone. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, oh, Wednesday, interview, 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 interview. And uh, tis the season to be interviewed. So uh, I guess so. So and, right. I, and I've got one following this. So I think I'm going to be talked out by the time this talking day is over. Yeah. Oh. So is my audio coming in good? Yeah. Can you be okay? All yeah. Right. Just curious. Did I'm we always ha- curious. Did we have a complaint? Well, no, I kind of got the impression that I was a little bit hot last, last episode. So I, I oh, turned my, I got you. my, my roadcaster down. Although we did have a mention in a twit from Paul Figiani. He said something about some audio and he was recommending some sort of plug-in about echo. And I was like, where did, it, was that for us or was that just a tip? So Paul, when it, you, yeah, I think we had mentioned in a prior episode that we had had a hard time finding software that could remove an echo oh. from a podcast. Right. So I think he recommended a, a tool. And as it turns out, we have a little bit of an echo issue in our episode from uh, PodFest. So, uh-huh. so, so maybe I might try that software and, and see if I, if it works with our episode from PodFest. Well, it was one of a classic example of making sure the right input, the right input was mapped to the right device, right? <laughs> or the right. <laughs> well, I think it was, I think it had a lot more to do with the wire that oh. was used from the mixer. I, we tried to use an adapter. Ah. Um, and I'm not sure that the adapter connected to anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a practical sense. I mean, yeah. Well, we, we yeah. are, uh, one thing's for sure. We've lost some great interviews and great discussions at these events. So I think it's time. A couple of them. I think we've lost a couple. I think we yeah. lost the one at uh, DragonCon once. Yeah. So I think it's time yeah. to start humping gear again in my bag of connectors and cables. Right. And, and matter of fact, we ought to check with uh, 
we had someone else recording, so we should check with. Uh, oh, we did have have somebody yeah, else recording. Yeah, that's ah, uh, we forgot to reach out to him. So we'll. Oh, we, I think you're thinking of Anthony, right? I think n- no, not Anthony. Um, Rick. Oh, Rick. Rick, Rick Savoya. Rick. So that's right. Rick actually, I, I think, was R- recording it as well. Right. Rick, if you have the recording, we need it, my friend. Uh, Dropbox yep. it to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll uh, fall back, and you know, he's probably got a good one. You think so? I, I hope yeah, so. We'll see. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, it's for me. I. I was gone again Friday and Monday and over the weekend and had business stuff going on. And so it was, it's like, I feel like I've only got a few days back in the office and then bada bing, bada boom, Friday afternoon, I get on an airplane and I'm going to woohoo, Trenton, New Jersey. Yep. We're both going to be down there. Yeah. So we're going down for an afternoon of podcasting talk. So yep. I, I see, I saw your video and you saw mine and they had asked yep. us to record some stuff and I'm sure they're promoting on social. But if you are in the Philly, New Jersey or New York area and you have like some, an afternoon on your hands or know a podcaster that might need some motivation or, you know, education, right. uh, we got, we got an event for them in Trenton and uh, it's probably a short drive away. Yeah. Well, and, and if you have uh, a desire to start a podcast, I mean, certainly there's a good group of people there that can can help answer questions and give you some ideas on how to how and where and why and all those questions that you might have about podcasting. Right. So uh, pretty good agenda, and uh, it's at podstock.us is the place you can go get a ticket. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I'd gotten uh, an email from an organizer of a show that's going to be out in Iowa. And uh, it was the weekend following podcast movement. And I was like, oh, I said, this, that's a bad weekend. You're just getting back. And turns out it was for 2023. <laughs> oh, next year. <laughs> because I was already booked up. I leave podcast movement. And I go to celebrate nation and I leave celebrate nation. And I go to dragon con and yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm going to be hoteled out before it's all over. Wow. Well, Todd, um, we're doing this show just in the nick of time because, um, prior to this, I had solar panels installers on my roof and they were like right above me hammering, oh, they and, were hammering and drilling. And <laughs> so so how, how many so the show show would not have sounded very good. So how many solar panels did you put on? I believe there's 32 solar panels oh, that, on the roof. That's what I put on my house in Honolulu. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So what zone are you in? What sun zone do you know? I think it's a four, I believe. Well, that ain't bad, all things considering, because, you know, six is as high as you can go. Yeah. I'm on the top of a bluff, so I'm kind of up in the air. I'm like 600 feet above oh, sea level. Oh, you get the Ritz, aren't you? Ritz-Carlton, it sounds like. I, so, it's not the Ritz-Carlton. It just is up in the air and has lots of sun. So with 32 panels, it's going to take 10 of those to charge your car. You think so? Mm-hmm. going to take 10. 10 yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. it, equivalent of $100, about $100 a month. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I'm what not spending... I'm not spending that much to charge my car, actually. Oh, so. you you might be surprised. Well, then you're not driving very much. Well, that is that is a true statement as well. When I do, it's usually 
quite a ways. Yeah. So if you're not plugging in every day, if you're not charging every day, then it won't cost much. But people that charge every day. Right. And drive, you know, 60, a hundred miles every day. It's, it's about a hundred, hundred and well, with current electricity prices, maybe 200. Um, but, uh, no batteries, right. You're just feeding back to the grid. Uh, no batteries. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I talked to a lot of the, the neighbors around here. I know this has nothing to do with podcasting, but they told me that there, there aren't any power outages out here because all of the power lines are buried. Right. So, well, so. how, how, how much is your electricity bill been a month? It's only like 120 bucks. A oh, month. you're overkill, dude. I know. That's the idea. Well, my, my electricity bill was 500 bucks, you know, so what? yeah, that's wow. what it was in Hawaii. It was 500 bucks. Oh, well in Hawaii, right. Yeah. 32 to 36 cents a kilowatt. So, wow. That's a lot. I think I'm in the twenties here. So. Oh, so, well, it'll be interesting. And did they, they, they uh, power it out to figure out how many you need. So you would be zero. Yeah. I think I'm on an annualized basis. I, I think they gave me like 10,400 kilowatt hours a year. So, mm. Oh, that's interesting because, well, you're zone four. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. My 32 panels were creating 1300 kilowatts a month. Hmm. Okay. But that's Hawaii sun too. So it's right. You know, it's right. different, different angles and intensity and, you know, time on yeah. panel and, and, you know, right. you, you get a lot in the summer, but you don't, well, you won't get much in the winter. That's the key. <laughs> right. Right. That is true. Yeah. I'm also worried about the panels getting dirty too. Uh, that's and what if, you, that's what you have a hose for. You just spray uh, them down. It's pretty high up on the, up in the air. You so you spray them down. That's all you gotta I, do is spray right, them down. I, I have to crawl up on the roof. Nope. And, nope. You just spray them down. That's all oh. you gotta do. You get, get a long the, extension pole. Nope. It's just hose them from a, you know, you'll be good. Oh. That's all you need to do. You, and they, they don't want you washing them because you can well, scratch so, them. I know. Well, that's true. But as long as it rains on them once in a while, you'll be all right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, good. well, we should talk about yeah. a little bit of podcasting. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. Sorry. And, and you're probably in the nick of time getting solar put on with the luxury price prices doubling just like fuel but oh it is definitely yeah so well i te- reasons yep yeah. so here we are and uh to be honest with you i i've been so busy i just barely been reading the news and watching what's going on but i did have a little bit of a uh uh i wouldn't call it an epiphany but i read tom's post in sounds profitable right about the rankers and i'm like <laughs> we've been I'm, talking about ranker problems for years so. laughing you know, laughing about it you know kettle kettle you know i'm just like yep 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 no. yep yep yeah. yep but at the same time i think that um there was a couple of sections in there talking about the like average audience size and how it's kind of a, a wag when you're trying to figure out really how many people are listening to your show and you know, I've been doing this for, it's like you, a long time. I can pretty much look at a show and as long as I got three months worth of data, I can kind of say, okay, you're, you're, you're AKA about here. And, um, there's a way to figure it out, but there's, there's no way nothing's perfect ever will be. Yeah. That, oh, I, I agree. It's especially as these, these rankers don't include all the same 
podcasts or podcast networks in them, the it they're wildly really non-reflective of the the true nature of the medium. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And then I also noticed too um, that uh, there's still a discrepancy that's going on with the Apple Core Media stuff yeah. around stats. I'm I'm curious how you've land on that. I know Buzzsprout and, and Lipson have kind of different approaches on that. I'm just curious, which side of the fence did you land? You know something, I'll be honest with you, I don't know what they, it's been such a long time since I looked at it. I know that we're breaking apps right. out as far as we can. Right. Um, but this new, this new thing they've introduced at WWDC right. will, will solve it if app developers can get in there and identify their apps. Right. Right. If they do, right. if they, if they follow the spec, but they're not, that's just a, you know, it's not required. It's a, it's, it's a piece in the uh, code that is essentially a voluntary thing for the app developer to do, but, but yeah. maybe Apple will follow it themselves. Well, and if you don't know what we're talking about, we're just talking about how, um, some platforms and some don't uh, basically report all the downloads to be linked up with Apple Core Media um, as the source of the requests for on iOS devices um, when there could be a, a, a group of podcast apps that are actually it, used that would funnel into that. If, if so. we know through two different sources which app it belongs to we call it the app that it belongs to right yeah but there's some stuff that's just grouped together there's no way to tell yeah because they have garbly gook as far as their well no their it's code it, that they have it just there. shows apple core media that's all it shows right yeah right and right. There, it's so you know it can cause a the word i say is is that i don't say apple podcast I say Apple has this much share of, right. and, and I include all the apps that are using Apple. I'll say, here right. is the Apple share of podcasting. Here's the Android share of podcasting. Then when it comes to Spotify, here's Spotify's share. And again, but then you have to exclude Spotify from the Android and iOS. So you have to be careful, you know, how you Right. How you, how you do, cause then you could be including Spotify with Into Apple's, numbers. right. With Apple's right. numbers. So right. you, you have right. to break those out in subsets. Yeah. So. And it can make Apple look a lot bigger than maybe they right. really are. Well, right. I think the Apple ecosystem is what I look at. Right. I, I don't say Apple podcast has 52%. Mm -hmm. Right. I say the, you know, Apple as a whole includes Overcast, Pocket, you know, all those different apps. Now, mm -hmm. there's some apps we do break out in, in the reporting. We do we break out stuff as much as we can, but there's some stuff that we can't. Right. But if they fix, if, if people follow this in the new iOS version, then maybe it'll give it even more clarity. Yeah. So. That's always a good thing. Yeah. And, but thing is, Apple knows. <laughs> what their share potentially is across all the Apple ecosystem. We just don't know a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The, 
also on another trend that kind of goes outside of the U.S. a little bit, I guess the, the international publisher and event company called Haymarket, I believe they're based in the U.K., I, um, bought a company that's been running um, the British Podcast Awards mm-hmm. and the Ireland Podcast Awards and the Australian Podcast Awards. So I believe that's podcast.co, I believe, is the company. Um, that picked those up, huh? Well, no, it, the the company that sold those to this other company, um, Matt Deegan, was is the co-founder of of um, all those awards, and I guess he did a deal with um, this. Uh, you know, I Haymarket, really, um, yeah. I really the Haymarket screwed, uh, Media Group. I really screwed up. I should have won. Right. I should have run the U.S., British, Australian. I should have run them all when we started the the podcast awards back in yeah. two thousand five. I, I should have run them all, right? And then yeah. I'd be rich. You'd be. <laughs> I thought that this was an interesting topic, especially with you, because you know how how could you kind of align that the podcast awards with like maybe a, another entity, right? It, well, I had someone approach yeah. me. Right. I refused to sell based on their terms and they started their own awards. Oh, okay. A certain, a certain group that charges $250 per entry. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So the, the new company, I guess, or and I don't think it's a new company. It's called podcast awards, LTD. Hmm. Uh, which owned the British Podcast Awards, the Australian Podcast Awards, and the Irish Podcast Awards. So, and then, um, and it looks like Haymarket will also become a partner in Podcast Day 24, which I believe is uh, is another kind of global podcasting event that's coming up. It uh, has live events in Sydney, London, and New York coming up here. Uh, little did I know I should have trademarked all this stuff. <laughs> uh, technically, right. technically, uh, I do own podcastwords.com. So right. I do own the Trump card in the domain. Yeah. So, and a few others, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I thought that was interesting in the context of yourself. Well, considering that the People's Choice Podcast Awards are uh, just about one, two, two and a half weeks away from opening nominations, uh, if you haven't registered yet, podcastawards.com, get your registration in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got uh, nominations open on July 1st, 30 categories. It's a global event. You don't have to be in the United States to participate. So. Last year, we had a huge uptick because of some of the stuff we added to uh, foreign, mm-hmm. uh, non-U.S. shows joining the mix. So, Yeah, so I did uh, notice in the news, too, that um, Headliner and TikTok are now connected to each other. So it's another piece podcasters pushing podcast promos over to TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen here with uh, TikTok and some of the stuff they've got going on. I've heard some rumors. I don't know if I can say it out loud what's happening or not. Maybe not. I, 
I think it's still early on that. Yeah, I think so too. So, or so. is there something going on there? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there is or isn't. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure I can say. Yes. <laughs> Tascam, uh, they released their competition to uh, the Roadcaster. So yeah. I, I saw, I watched the video on it, and it looks like, wow, Tascam, you were really, 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 really innovative. Um, in that you stole, <laughs> essentially. Rose. And I'll use that, in my opinion, I'll use that word, in my opinion, Tascam, uh, you've just basically copied the roadcaster. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I would agree. I guess um, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, copying something <laughs> as a form of flattery. I guess, just like podcast show notes, you know, those types of things. Well, and then simultaneously, they're... The roadcaster comes out with a with an update, a new version as well. Did you run right out and buy one? No, I haven't. Well, how, you haven't you haven't told Libsyn you're going to expense a new uh, roadcaster? No, no. no I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. If I do that, I'm gonna have to sell the one I have now. So. Yeah, of course. Actually, that's a good idea. You sell one to finance another. That's that's kind of smart. I always just hang on to gear. That's my problem. I got a closet full of stuff. Well, or just do an exchange, right? You know, I'll give you this one and. Oh, well, but it's also, well, it's actually more expensive. It is. So you'd have to come out of pocket a little bit. So so you can't do that. You can't do like the deal that we did between the SM7B and the MV7. So. Right. Yeah. That was a great deal. That was a great deal. (laughs) (laughs) Great deal for a mic I don't use. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's sitting back there on, on. On my shelf behind me. That's right. <laughs> so, so. I, you know, I, I just, it's, to me, it looks like all we're seeing is announcements of acquisitions of talent and content and deals been made. It's, and to me, it's, you know, it's okay. It's news, but it's really kind of like, oh, you know, a little, a little well, bit. Well, it is getting to be summertime too. And things, you know wind down a little bit on the news front as we have experienced many times. Right. You know, I just, and, go ahead. Yeah. And there's also this other piece too, is that we're, I think we're already in a recession. So which means uh, okay. things are going to slow down a little bit. Well, I, you know, again, the, the last major recession Podcasting didn't even have a speed bump. Oh, I'm not saying that there's going to be a huge impact on podcasting. I just think that the enthusiasm around venture capital and investment and that kind of stuff may cool uh, a little bit. Well, well, we'll see. But that's usually when people are out, you know. Looking for bargains, right? Well, not necessarily looking for bargains, but looking for, you know, expanding their horizons a little bit. Yeah. And, uh so what do you think about this thing about Buzzsprout allowing their podcasters to buy ads on other podcasts? Uh, I don't have an issue with it. I well, think I, it's... I, I don't think there's an issue, but I've never had significant luck. You know, here, okay, if you think about it, you have to, first of all, agree to let another podcast advertise on your podcast. 
And it's the same thing as a promo swap, right? If you really think about it. Yeah, I guess. But promo swaps are usually done, you know, you don't cost no money. That's usually like, hey, you do a promo, I'll do a promo. But this is, you know, a, a Jordan Harbinger has been a master at buying ads on other shows, on other podcasts. He, he spends a pile of money doing that to get word out about his podcast. But, you know, he probably does it the best. He spends, uh, well, I, I, I guess I can't say. I know what his budget is for spending, uh, and maybe he said that publicly, but I, I, I'm not going to announce it. He's He spends a, a pile of money on ads on a lot of different podcasts. So, yeah, because he's found that for every dollar he spends on that, he gets two or three back on the... Right on the, the the advertising revenue side. Yeah. Right. So, I guess if you have enough, the key is he has a compelling podcast. He has a compelling podcast for people to listen to, and he's very dynamic. He's got a great show. So the question is, if you are Joe Indie Podcaster, mm-hmm. are you going to see Gordon Harbinger's? Jordan Harbinger's level of return on investment. Oh. Hmm. Are you going to be able to drive that, that much crossover? And then, you know, we, we, one thing that we always, in the early days of tech podcasts, when we were doing swaps, it was more, and again, it was only, we were running promos and we were, and we were running them usually mid roll. They weren't being run pre roll. The and we were doing almost like a mini host endorsement before the pre-roll run, so it was almost like um, it was inter-network cross promotion. It worked really, really well. This is a whole different game. This is this is actually buying an ad on a show. So. Right. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's a revenue piece for them, but I just, I, I be, you know, if you're, if you buy an ad, if you're a podcaster on Buzzsprout and you buy an ad over there, now that's the next question. Can I go over there and buy an ad? Well, and just look at this show. Could a podcast buy an ad on this show too? No, because we're not on Buzzsprout. Well, I don't think you have to be on Buzzsprout in order to buy an ad. But- I think you have to because they're auto inserting it. Well, no, there's other platforms that do, do, but I'm not on those platforms. This show's not on those platforms. Campaigns and stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so you have right. to, your, your show has to be on the platform that allows the, so I could only, we could go buy ads on Buzzsprout, but we shows, but we could not run ads no off one, of their, their program. No, no one could run ads against us from over there. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I just think more and more shows are, you know, trying to find ways to, yeah. to grow. Yeah. Right. And that's, what's really driving this is shows want to grow. So, and, so are the shows right. over there is it's, it'd be curious if someone just tell us what's the process Do people get to opt in and do they have to agree for the ad or do they, are they all in now? It could be like a programmatic buy, right? Yeah, so it's probably it's probably what it is. I, I don't know if you heard, but last week we announced um, our programmatic yeah. is mm-hmm. coming, and we're doing our pre signups right now. And the um, 
it was, you know, the, the link of that, uh, spread around because it went out in our newsletter, but, and actually I, I cross tweeted it too, but the, this, the essence of what we're going to do is the podcasters opting in. We are choosing five categories not to run ads from religion. You know, there's five of them that we've actually, I think it's a total of eight, but there's a, there's three in one specific category with, with cannabis and other stuff. And they, mm-hmm. they don't get a choice then of opting out, at least in this version of the rollout of any other categories. They can't go in and, ch- and cherry pick you know, 10 more categories to exclude. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just doing pre-roll only, one pre-roll. And um, we've seen the CPMs over about 90 days of testing, anywhere from 5 to 15, which is good. But uh, we're going to launch with initially 250 shows turned on. And mm-hmm. then probably a couple of weeks later, cut them all loose and let them have it. So, but I'm, we're not sitting any minimums either. You can have 50 downloads a month or 50,000. We don't care. Um, you're going to get paid differently, you know, obviously on based on show size. But so, so far the, the main feed, uh, main worried, and, and this is something we had expected to hear, uh, hear from was basically, am I going to get an inappropriate ad? So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's still a worry. And, um, and I, I guess we'll see, you know, hopefully we yeah. don't end up with, a our sourcing client is, you know, we've had some significant discussions with them on all of that as well. So it's their job to keep the, keep the crap out. I guess that's a better word to put it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it is going to happen more and more. I think more and more shows are going to look at advertising as a way to grow audience, especially if they have confidence in the content that they're creating. And I think that there does need to be some testing of that before you commit to spending money on running ads for your show and, and some testing of the ad creative too. I think, you know, I think you have to have the same kind of discipline that a big brand has on the creative side, as well as the, the, is this a good time or what's what's the message that needs to be delivered that will convert? And mm. I think a lot of the same challenges that a regular brand advertiser has applies to this opportunity as well. So, Oh, so Michael says, would you say the road, so they expanded the Tascam Mini Studio to make the Roadcaster? Oh, I didn't even know about that product. Mm. We'd have to go look, Michael. Maybe they did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Todd, I did see an article at Quartz. I don't know. It's an online publication out there. It's at uh, Mm qz.com. It was an article written by Kira Bindrum. And it's all about podcasting. And the headline of uh, of the article is, What Will the Future of Podcasts Look Like? So she's uh, projecting... Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole discussion about, um, data around podcasts, you know, gender, race, age, all that kind of stuff. Are we going to continue to, you know, and where are people consuming it, getting more data about listeners, right? That That's the key, uh, issue that she talks about at the beginning of the article. And to quote the article here, 
She writes, uh, see these days there are more than 800,000 active podcasts and making a new one is as simple as buying the right equipment and finding a quiet space to record. But that's where the simplicity ends. As podcasting becomes a big business, the industry now has decisions to make and how much data it collects from listeners, how important hosts are to the experience and who will have the resources to survive. In other words, to make podcasting profitable, highlight the word profitable, we might have to kill some of what makes podcasting great. It's interesting. So what does that spark in your mind, Todd? The death of RSS. I think that there's, that I believe that there was some information put out by Spotify that was encouraging that, that somehow... Our RSS is holding the medium back. It's holding, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, they don't like choice. Right. Well, they're building a walled garden. Of course they don't want too much choice. And if you remember correctly, when we started podcasting in 2004, it was because we had no choice. We had no options. We only had walled gardens and firewalls and lengthy contracts and snobs that said no to content ideas and podcasting eliminated those barriers. So how soon we forget because just because they want more data on listeners, you know, this, this, this ever ending need for people that are trying to make money, wanting to know more about our audiences, it's uh, doesn't doesn't set well with me. Right. You know, we yeah. we've uh, we've provided podcasters great tools to learn about their audiences in traditional ways, aka mm -hmm. demographic survey, even. Tom Webster has encouraged podcasters and he provided them a extensive like 400 questionnaire document and things you can ask your audiences to learn about your audience. Right. Why, why? And, and, and then once the podcaster has the data they're looking for, they know their audience. Isn't that enough? It, it's not because the scourge that is wanting to, target listeners out there at an addressable level, aka using an IP address to be able to target your house with advertising, which they can do, mm. by the way. Um, you all realize an IP address, people say, oh, it's not personally identifiable. Well, it is household identifiable. Right. You can drill it down into a particular location. That's right. And you can probably right. pretty much tell by where who's going where, whether it's a, a, a him or a her or a kid and, you know, a teenager. You're probably going to be able to figure that out very quickly by the sites they're going to. So I don't know. What is what is that article conjure up in your mind, Rob? Well, I think it's it's a a desire for deeper 
understanding of the listener. And I believe that that is definitely what the, the ad buyers want. That's what the commercialism and the medium has been constantly looking for is better, better and more granular information about listeners uh, for a, a, a commercial benefit, right? Um, so that's kind of it, been at the core of a lot of other digital media as well. Uh, podcasting is no exception to people's desire to try and make podcasting into that because they feel like that there's more economic opportunity uh, when you have all that stuff. Um, and I think that there is a little bit of a, a culture pushback uh, around the, the open nature of the medium. And I, I think both of us, Todd, I think we've, we've always felt that there was going to be increasing pressure on the open nature of this medium to become not as open. Mm -hmm. Um, that's been the history of film, TV, music, you know, any other types of content that you can envision has, has had commercial pressure and limits to the availability of that, uh, as a, as a methodology to commercialism. And I think that, that is the direction that the podcast medium is clearly on. And I think we're, we're kind of pushing back on it to some degree. Cause I don't think that the values of the podcasting medium are entirely that. And I, I think that the people that are talking about this are thinking about that this medium should be all about commercialism. <laughs> and well, I don't know that it needs to be. It doesn't. And you know, and, and it's like, <sighs> Okay, so let's just use this as, a, as an example. Everyone is still pretty enamored with Spotify. Right. Happy to have their shows over there. And ads are being run against shows over there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know to what extent the show may have ads run against it. I, again, I haven't heard positively if that has happened or not, so I'm speculating. Right. But when it does happen, then I don't get compensated. Nothing. Spotify does. Right. And they have a right to do that because it's their platform and they can target because they know who is behind a login. Um, but if people continue to do this push, to de determine at a greater level who's listening and who they are, Apple's going to come back with a hammer. So, and I'm going to beep the word I wanted to say, they're going to come back so beeping hard that they will put everyone and every piece of media that's consumed on an iOS device behind a VPN. And guess what? Game over. For There's everybody. No data. There's no data. Right. Your stats will be screwed. Your targeting will be, well, you can geographic location. You'll know the contents come out of LA or going into LA. You could probably do contextual targeting, but that's about it. That's it. So go ahead. Continue to push and want more data and want to dig into these listeners deeper. And when, in, when that happens, the hammer will come. 
I think it's already coming. I spent to some degree, right? I I, I spent a considerable amount of time with a group of people working on a document that is yet to be released that talks exactly about this topic with the IB mm -hmm. and, and basically saying, Hey, uh, this will be the impact. If this happens, if they put all this media behind the, the iOS VPN, It'll be devastating to everybody, us included. And um, and podcasters will have hardly any information. So go ahead, keep pushing. Go ahead, keep pushing. And um, I just wish privacy laws would hurry up and catch up. That's that's our only salvation. Is if legislatives across the United States do stuff like the CCPA. I know some people are really against that, but yeah. if you're a content creator and you care about the privacy of your audience. Yeah. Yeah. There's another comment in this article too, um, by Anna Campoy. Um, talking about a lot of people say podcasting's breakout moment was when Serial came out. So I think that there's, there is a little bit of a contrary view on that. Uh, sure, Serial was kind of a breakout moment for storytelling. Um, but I would say the, the birth of Serial coincided with the birth of the, um, uh, the podcast app being embedded in all iOS devices and not able to be removed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's a little hard to say that Serial created this or started this boom in podcasting. I think it, it maybe is a combination with the changes that Apple well, I, made at I, that I don't, time. I don't think it was a boom at all. I think it was another inflection point. Right. It was just, I mean, it was, I don't even think it was that huge of an inflection no. point, but but from a content perspective, it certainly was an important inflection point. It was but, an important point from a right. listener podcast building awareness moment. Right. It got that, it, and it birthed the kind of storytelling kind of explosion that we've seen happen in the medium where well, but to be fair, podcasting has always been about storytelling. So, I guess you know, it's still even a rough portrayal of Serial to say that they were, they were the defining moment of the birth of podcasting. Right. Um, I think it's a stretch. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a true crime podcast. Sure. It, it kind of birthed and put on the map, the concept of a true crime podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it did co correspond with that big change that Apple made. Um, and from what I think when we, when you go back and you look at the data, I think, um, I think the data shows a big uptick in activity around Apple podcasts back then too. It's a, well, they even mentioned Zoom in this article. Look out. <laughs> 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 Says, 
and other devices, a Microsoft Zune, there were tons of them. And, and you had to download it on your computer and then transfer it to your device. Well, that's, that's not a hundred percent true at right. the time, but, um, I think that's the perception. Um, the Zune devices had Wi-Fi capability built into them that you could transfer directly to them, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's interesting how people have a, a different view of the history of the medium and project that into the present of the medium and make judgments on where we've been and where the medium is going based on somewhat of a misunderstanding of the history. Right. Well, yeah. I know you're going to talk about some of that on uh, Saturday. Yeah, it's more about trust and how, uh, this is what I'm going to talk about um, to some degree, but but a little bit of the history of the medium, my involvement in the medium, and then also um, kind of the core principles of, of a host and a show building trust with their audience as a key to um, building building loyalty and and building uh, consistency and all those kind of things, just like you know you've done for many years, Todd, with your show. You've talked about personal things. You've talked about all those things that you're told not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been consistent twice a week with your show for for over you know close to two decades now. Um, th- those are all things about building trust, and your audience is passionate about your show because they know you, and they trust you. Yeah. You know, I, I'm wondering, are we going to fall on our swords here, Rob, by being the last defenders of probably listener privacy? Well, I don't know that we're going to be the last ones because, um, the law is following us (laughs) are they're They're definitely, you know, behind what's been going on, you know, um, in, in the EU and in California and what Apple's doing. So it isn't like what we're talking about here. It doesn't have support. It's just a lot of people don't want to accept the fact that those things are happening. Yeah. Right. Hmm. And it's just, uh, this attitude of, you know, more than 50% of shows could care less about monetization they have other, yeah, they have other goals that's that's the other piece that uh, many people forget is they're talking about you know a subset of the podcast mm-hmm. medium wanting commercialization um that's not to say it's not important believe me i mean both of us are working on advertising services you know i'm working on the, the advertise cast platform and lipson and you're working on programmatic advertising. So it isn't like we're against it. No, but it's we not just for have, everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone. And it's also, um, you know, we are, both of us are talking to podcasters and our teams are talking to podcasters every day about this stuff. So we're, we're in the middle of it, right. At a, at a level that a lot of people aren't. Um, so you, you, you kind of have those, those viewpoints and where we come from in the past too. I mean, you've had the same advertiser in your show for what? 17 years, uh, June of Oh five. Right. Um, so it's, it's not that we're against it. It's just, a, we're against 
doing the wrong thing when it comes to listeners. Really, at the end of the day, we care about listeners, but at the end of the day, we care actually even more about the podcaster and what's good for them too. And, and, and we've said it a hundred times on the show. If the podcast listener had a way to opt in to say, yes, go ahead and track and retarget me. Right. Good to go. Right. But they don't have that option because guess what? <laughs> There's way too many inflection points. You know, this is an open. There's there's a lot of ways to get the content and not all of them have pathways that involve opt-in. So you can't, you know, and and that's one of the reasons why they want to get rid of open distribution is so that doesn't happen. Right. So. They want centralized control. Yeah. And there is economic benefit from that. As being shown against uh, anchor listeners. Right. There's economic benefit for (laughs) someone. As as chartable, as chartables, uh, anyone that's using chartable, your audiences are being potentially, in my opinion, analyzed. Well, who owns that data now? (laughs) Spotify does. And pod sites, you use pod sites. That data now belongs to to Spotify. You know, it it's 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 truly remarkable that podcast. It just tells me with the increase of people using those two services, as recently been talked about, podcasters just probably don't care that their listener data is being sold, yeah. or or. Maybe not sold. Maybe that's the wrong word. Let me let me careful here. It's being analyzed. Someone's analyzing that data. They're using that something. They didn't spend millions of dollars to buy those two businesses to, you know, that don't charge anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, are, are your listeners now the product of some other of Spotify? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Spotify gets, gets, gets the benefit of aggregating your audience to your content. And there's usually no monetary compensation for that. So, you know, the podcaster isn't necessarily benefiting from that. Um, But someone's benefiting from all that data, you know, right. Okay. So don't get me wrong. Blueberry, we benefit greatly for seeing what's going on with audiences, but we don't resell. We don't allow anyone to have access to that data. We follow GDPR. We only look at the bare data that we need to be able to get the information that a podcaster needs for their podcast statistics and metrics to allow them to help them grow. And that we don't resell that data. So it's remarkable. I don't think I don't think most podcasters even think about it. Don't think they really go that deep. Oh well, I got I got a free account over on Chartable. That's cool. I got some metrics over there. It's different than my podcast host. They give me a few graphs, you know, and a couple of cool little tools to use. The little whiz bang things are like little lures wandering through the water, and shiny and and uh, and yet they've just given. They've just given someone access to their entire 
until their entire audience. Right. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the podcaster's goal has always been to reach people, right? Well, the podcaster, but and that's okay. That, that's the key. Right? But but here's the deal. Me as a host and you as a host, we know who we're reaching. Do I want someone else to reach this audience through our data? No. Mm-hmm. It go, it, you know, it goes back to again. This show is is not. This is just a podcast show, but there are other shows out there that have far more sensitive content. For, yeah. and and it, your other Rob has given the example of that before. Do you want someone that is listening to an LGBTQ show that is not yet out, is trying to figure out what's going on with their life, to have someone say, "Aha, listener X," and they. They're pro it's like they're profiled and all of a sudden then they start getting ads or whatever retargeted at them mm-hmm. from listening to that content. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, I think, um, restating something that Adam Curry said, um, is probably in the very early days of this medium and this, this, this commentary doesn't get mentioned that often, but um, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of every episode that he did, he had this comment, something remarkable is happening here. Radio is springing free of the regulated gatekeepers who've managed what you can hear since radio was invented. It's jumped into the hands of everyone and anyone and with something to say. Or nothing to say. So, you know, it's that's that really encapsulates why podcasting exists today. That was the motivation of the kind of the creator of the medium, uh, is that radio was seen as a gatekeeper, it was seen as over commercialized, it was seen as all those things that were that were anti what this medium was founded to, to be. And nothing Um, has changed in radio. Right. And I, I believe there's at least half of the podcasting medium. Um, nothing has changed on the podcasting side too. So, so, you know, there is newcomers that are coming from the radio side, from big media that want it to be like it was in the past. Um, and that's, you know, that's been there since day one, actually, I think. Yeah. So Robert, go, go ahead, Todd. Robert in our chat room said, I listened to the podcast version of the article Rob talked about. Glad you brought it up. And then he's a little earlier in our conversation. He said, not just to know more about audiences, but also to control content. Do you think it's going to control content? 
Well, I think when we get into this level that I think we're, we're moving into rapidly where everything gets pulled as a transcript, um, I think that there's an AI is applied and it's used for other purposes, which there's a lot of momentum around, around, um, you know, brand safety and, and contextual targeting. That information is going to be there. Um, that you can look at what was discussed in context and you could apply filters against that. I agree. Hmm. That's, that's, that's somewhat the dangers. So applying filters being a dissemination point could say, Oh, they talked about this. We're we're going to, we're going to drive them down in the logarithm, just like Facebook does and Twitter does and other people do. To say we're going to sideline this conversation, it's not going to get as much juice, right? Or the the other end of the extreme of that is well, or the continuation of the extreme of that would be removal, uh, maybe extracting that information out of the audio. Um, I suppose all those things will be possible. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but. I suppose there's it, it, a history if, of if, if, these kind of things happening. If right. things consolidate again and gatekeepers are put back in place. I mean, look at what's happened to Joe Rogan. Right. When he moved over to, to, to Spotify, he's well, look at lost the, what a couple hundred episodes. Look at the report I get from a certain company every week that tells me how many episodes they've removed from their platform because something got flagged. Right. So you're starting to see what where the dangers are, um, and that's not passing any kind of a view on judgment one way or the other, whether it's right or wrong. It's just that is what is happening, and someone is making a choice, and maybe it's a justified choice. I you know I think it depends on what your what your terms of service are. I you know I know both of us have terms of service and. Um, some things go over the line. Um, this gets back to the whole, to some degree, free speech, but in a lot of ways, it's not really about free speech. It's about accountability. So to violations of the law, violations of, of people's, you know, look what we we just went through with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you know, that's another issue that, you know, people can, there can be defamation and that's, that's a legal issue. You know, we, we, we may have to steal another term from the early days of podcasting or actually from another show, crackpot and buzzkill. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking so, of another Adam Curry program. Right. Yeah. So who's going to be the crackpot and who's going to be buzzkill here? You know, that's. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know the question is: Do all of you think we're crazy? Do, do do you think Rob and I are nuts about talking about this so much? Do you roll your eyeballs? Yeah, that's the question. Tell us. We want to hear. Do you tell us: Are we wrong, or are we being overprotective, or do do we should we not react to these type of articles so much? My dander doesn't get up as much as it used to. Right. 
Yeah. You know, this would have been an hour tirade before with me, but I guess maybe I have become a little more reserved and it's just like, huh, here we go again. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I think you could make the case, Todd, if, if, if we're talking about user data, right? Um, Google and Facebook have kind of plowed the ground, <laughs> right, on, on this point and taken it to an extreme, right, that uh, may be enviable to a few, right? Facebook, uh, Google knows you better than your, than your, for those of you out there that have a partner. And, right. and just shake your head yes or no. Does Google know more about you than your significant other does? Probably. Probably. Yeah. And, well, and and Facebook, too. Yeah. I would profess. Fa- Facebook, though, knows well, preferences. Facebook knows what you say in, right, in Messenger. Oh, well, that's true. Right. <laughs> That's true. And Google reads Gmail, right? And it, it knows what so, groups you hang out in. And, right. You know, right. so. Right. Robert says, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, you know, the problem is, though, we have to get the rest of the podcast communities to listen to this show. To hear these two old curmudgeons talk about this stuff. Well, I'm not old, Todd. Oh, Sorry. contrary to popular belief, Rob, we're, we're both old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm in my prime. Yes. The, the gray yes. and lack of dark whiskers is uh, evident of, yes. No, it's a growing movement towards having blonde hair is what it is. Oh, right? yeah. So yeah. that's a long way to get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that's an interesting. So did any is there any comments on that article? Does anyone say you're you're being insane? Why would you want to lock the space up? Is is or do people just oh? Well, Todd, I mean, you, you know, people turn off comments these days, right? Oh, well, that's probably true. Right, they don't really want to hear what someone else thinks, right? Because hmm. it might be. It might be against them. Yes. Can't have that. Or somebody like me comes over and writes a book on their comment okay. line. The, the last section of the article talks about, it says, the future of the podcast industry. Um, it says, I... It's really hard to imagine the podcast bubble popping. It's growing really fast. Advertising is growing. People continue to be interested. So I don't think that there's a bubble. I think that what you'll see happen is it'll become more like a regular industry with big players and less niche and quirky content. But I don't think it's going away or even shrinking. This is someone that has never listened to an indie podcast. Right. This is someone that listens to corporate. Which a lot of people are only listening to those kind of shows nowadays. Who who was this again? And what was their affiliation? Uh, Well, it's an article that was written in Quartz. Uh, It's an online kind of 
magazine kind of yeah. thing at yeah. qz.com. And it's uh, Anna Compoy and Kira Bindram. Do we know who they are or who they're associated with? Mm, no, I don't right off the top of my head here. Let me, let's no. see if I can find out really look, quick. Look them up on LinkedIn. Yeah, I, it's a really long article too. So let's see if I can get 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 a little bit of info on Kira. Um, Kira is an executive editor and works on global newsroom coverage and email products. She is also host of the Quartz Obsession podcast, and she was previously the managing editor as well as founding editor of Quartz Talent Lab. You know, we had to get her, one of them, on this show. Yeah. I'm open to that. Yeah, it would be a good conversation because... Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I, you know, she is and Anna are reflecting a, I think a commonly held belief out there amongst a growing number of people in the medium. So I don't think that she's entirely wrong in how she's looking at things. I, I just think that maybe, maybe they're missing a little bit of context. Um, but, and again, there's only so much you, you know, I, I, you don't know if they're big open fans or not. You, know, you just don't know, you know, it's like if they're, yeah. if they're writing blog posts of this caliber about the space, then. I mean, they're definitely pro podcasting. Right, right, right. Love the medium. They're, they're talking about it's, it's, you know, it's an evolving, robust you know, space. Um, but it's, but they also have the perspective that it's maturing, right? Which I tend to agree. I mean, we've been in this medium long enough to, to really start to question just the name of the show, new media. I mean, is it, is a 20 year old medium considered new? Well, Uh, it's the newest one still out there. Well, I guess TikTok might be newer. Yeah. if you consider that to be a new medium, which right, I guess probably. maybe it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And it's not that we're kind of bashing them because we think that they're entirely wrong. I just think that there's some context that's missing around the, the values of the culture of the medium and but, Rob, whether not or not, every, not everyone we knows want that. to keep those yeah. values. Right. Cause I think, it's going to be really tempting. And I, I believe this is just rapidly running right now is the, the desire that people want to work professionally in this medium. I've been fortunate enough to be able to build a career in this medium. Um, but it hasn't always been around pushing advertising. Mm-hmm. So it's been around helping podcasters create content that that's been really my push. Uh, the same with you, I think. So, but anyway, that's, but now we're moving into, I guess, but, uh, you know, a new phase. But the difference is you and I are not in the content creation game. Right. We're not in the, like, working for a studio or something No, like we're, that. we're not into building shows, big commercial shows. That's not our, our yeah. shtick. 
You know, our, our yeah. stick is helping podcasters, independent, large commercial and independent content. Right. Creators. I mean, the, really the, the whole spectrum. I mean, right. I talk to the radio people. I yep. talk to the big, big media companies, you know, yep. all that stuff and talk to an individual podcaster. So it goes the whole spectrum. So mm-hmm. when I look at this medium, I'm not looking at it with through big corporate kind of shaded glasses. I'm looking at it from a much broader perspective because that's where I, I came to. That's where we both came mm-hmm. out of. And so we both have those values um, that persist um, while at the same time we're pushing forward with trying to think of this medium as a medium that can maybe drive some economic benefit to creators for all their effort. So that's kind of how we look at it. It's just like the programmatic too. The programmatic is com- almost – 90% contextual. It's about the content, the type of content right. being advertised against. It's not about, it's about the category the show is in. It's not about what's in the content right now. Yeah. 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 Right. It's, yeah. So, so anyway, you know, if you want to go, read the article. The article was published in, uh, let's see here. What's the date? The date of it is June 7th. Mm, That was yesterday. So Kira's the, the host of courts obsession podcast. So if you're curious about what she, it looks like she did an episode, a 30 minute episode on this article. Yeah, so. that's what uh, Randall said. Right. So, Randall, you're, if you're still listening, are we on track with her assessment here? Is well, it's a really long article, so I I oh. wasn't able to really analyze every every part of it. I just kind of cherry picked some comments that kind of jumped out at me, um, and I think that they're they're good. I I don't often see quotes from Adam Curry in articles like this. So I think. Oh, she put Adam's, she put a quote from Adam in there. Well, that was that comment oh. that Adam made in his podcast back it, when he was doing his. So, uh, so what was her. His source code. Show. What was her dialogue around that comment though? What was, what was, she quoted that for a reason. What was her rebuttal or. Yeah. So. The context of it here is, is uh, when you think of established media that's never been been the purpose, uh, you know, like a pure form of expression. Um, so I, I think what she's saying is, is that podcasting has been seen as as something that's been more of a of a um, pure form of expression, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Not, not a established media product, right? Um, Rob, have you, have you watched, uh, mainstream media lately? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. <laughs> then, so I, I think you, you, some mainstream media stuff could qualify as conspiracy podcast. Right. So <laughs> we're going to have to start censoring the mainstream media. Is that what you're saying? Because they're, they're talking about conspiracy theories now. Is well, the no, I'm just saying is. They, they probably some of the, if it was, if some content coming out of mainstream media was put up against a censor, they would flag it for being a conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> False information. It's not, it's not, right. it's not, it's, it's, a, it's not a produced, it's a whole bunch of opinions 
It's you know. That's it's, true. That's true. A lot of <laughs> that's what we've turned turned into. Right. Right. It's just entertainment. Well, yeah, I think that's the bigger trend line that caused all this was the fact that those are profit centers now at those companies where if you think of the past, those journal journalistic news agencies, public service were, they were public service. They were not seen as part of a commercial interest. Right. And I think that's, that's actually a really good example. I think to contrast with what we're talking about here is that once you start applying a commercial interest to, to the content, it starts to influence that content. Well, it could uh, if they, it, it one could. way or another, I'm <laughs> yeah. not taking a position on that. I'm just saying that commercial interests do drive. And I think we've talked about in the show too, in the early days of this medium, there were shows that took advertising <laughs> and they actually trashed the advertiser on the podcast. Right. And that was considered to be okay. Right. It was like, matter of fact, it made headlines. Right. And then companies were happy about it. Right. He's being authentic. <laughs> he t- he's wow. T- he t- what a fresh, he, what a breath of he, fresh he, air. He taught how much this product sucked. Right. And they could take <laughs> that feedback back and make it better. What an idea. Wow. Robert says, yeah, I think you're on track and bring up some things they overlooked. So. Yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah. You trash an advertiser today. Uh, good luck with that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, it's like GoDaddy. Before GoDaddy became a sponsor, I said, you need to go back and read a couple of blog posts where I just thrashed right. you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, thrashed them. I mean, it, it was there was nothing nice said in the articles. <laughs> oh, that was a common thing in podcasts yeah. back in those days. Yeah. Companies were trashed left <laughs> and right because they're... The culture of the medium was anti-commercial, right? So they felt free. Could you imagine a Casper mattress being advertised on a podcast in 2005? (laughs) My back hurts after spending a couple nights on that bed. That that mattress sucked. Don't let them fool you. That that exploding mattress doesn't provide any support. I wouldn't put my guest on it. Right. Yeah. Wow. I I got a Casper mattress. It was so bad. I refuse. I refused to run the ad. Yeah. <laughs> Can, so they said keep the mattress. I gave it to somebody. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna give and, that and, sucker away. And yet, and yet, podcasters. Oh, this is a great mattress. This thing sucks. Yeah. 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 So, so I think if you look at that, oh. you know. It, like my topic that I'm going to talk about at uh, Podstock, it's about trust, right? Yeah. I mean, is an audience going to trust a podcaster that tells the honest truth when it's against their commercial interest to do so? <laughs> you know, right. I've, I've had, I've gotten stuff, Rob, where it's just kind of like, you get that, how, what's the best word to describe it? Um, it's like- Well, back in the early days, Todd- you would just get stuff shipped. Right. To you, I still right? do. I have, I have a, right. I have, I, I used to give it away at Christmas time. I used to like right. tell my audience, all right, here's 50 things we've got to, you know, who wants this? You know? <laughs> right. I tried it. Or I donated so much time. I donated yeah. boxes full of stuff that was just yeah. 
you know, and the slang I used at that time was people were selling them soul, selling their souls for, for a a coffee cup. (laughs) It was like, Oh, this is the best coffee cup ever. You know, it might've been 39 95, but it, you know, Oh, this is, and you know, you, it was some Chinese knockoff thing that was, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I'm not deaf to the concept that, that what we're talking about here isn't, isn't really a positive, um, spin on <laughs> advertising and podcasting, but, um, I think there is something to say about, um, the trust and the authenticity of a yeah. hostery dad, yeah. right. That it, that uses testimonial examples and, and really, you know, and it's tough, right? I mean, <laughs> If you want to make money in this medium, you have to talk good about your sponsors. So, That's just the way it is now. So here, here's what I project's going to happen. With, I, I shouldn't say this. Here's what I project's going to happen in programmatic. Some listener is going to hear an ad that they hate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to email the podcaster. Now the podcaster is going to come back to me and say, why did you run this ad? And I'm going to say, talk bad about them in your show it'll never show up again right <laughs> well especially once we all start pulling transcripts um right yeah you know, go ahead go ahead talk <laughs> go ahead and talk smack about them the ads run you didn't get you didn't choose it the computer did so you know hence have have fun with it you know oh. yeah I mean, yeah, in some ways, Todd, we're kind of exemplifying what we're saying <laughs> to some degree. Right. Um, it, it's, it's, and it's not that, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's such a slippery slope going both ways on this. Right. But, you know, I, I will honestly say in the ads that I've ran in the last three months, I've asked all my audience, I said, if you hear an ad, and I, my audience is pretty brutal. <laughs> If you hear an if you hear an ad that is not appropriate, doesn't match this show content that you think I should know about, you better email me. And and so far, it's been good. Crickets, so huh? well, I've had people tell me I heard a Microsoft Slate ad, I heard this, I heard that, I heard this, and I'm keeping track because you know different ads run in different places, and so it's it's like. Come on! Keep, Did you say a Microsoft Slate or Mike? Whatever the mic, whatever the Microsoft. What is the okay. what is the Microsoft product? Uh, oh, Azure. Or? No, what's their computer? Um, the laptop. Oh, Surface. 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 Yeah, they heard yeah, a Microsoft. Because, they heard a Microsoft well, what, Surface ad. Right. I mean. What caught my ear about that was, is that Microsoft did used to own Slate magazine. Okay. Well, it was a Microsoft Surface ad. So I know. Yeah. Again, right. I. I don't uh, buy Microsoft products anymore, so. <laughs> Maybe you should, Todd. I have one here, and the TriCaster's running on Windows, so there's two, only two Windows machines in the house. So is that TriCaster running off of Windows 10? It is. That's good. Oh, no, whatever the, what, it's not the latest, whatever the previous version is. Uh, was that Windows 8? Uh, no, what's the newest one? I think it's Windows 11. Oh, this is a 10. This is Windows 10. This is a 10, yeah. right. And this is a 10, and it's a gaming machine and could not be upgraded to Windows 11. So there's go, go figure. Th- there's a lot of controversy that's spinning around in the Windows world around Windows 11. Well, 
you ha- almost have to buy a computer to get it. Yeah, it's well, they're they're about to launch. Was it? I think it's uh, Microsoft 365. I think is the subscription engine that you'll have to buy a subscription to be able to get the next upgrade to Windows. Well, they definitely did not take a a, a page out of the Apple Playbook on that matter. Right. You don't pay for upgrades with Apple. You just get them. Right. But I think that's the, Microsoft is shifting to the same model that they used with um, uh, Office 365, Office 365, which all their software is going to be sold on a subscription model going forward. Hmm. And, and I think that there's something else about the kernel um, that has changed that has a lot of people freaked out. I think that Microsoft has the ability to turn things off and on in your operating system, mm. that kind of stuff, mm. features and functions and things like that. Mm. That just sounds like a good opportunity for Apple. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Who knows? And I did notice that Apple announced uh, a new version of CarPlay, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, I have not followed any of the WWDC announcements. Was there anything even announced about podcasting at WWDC? Not that I heard about other than the new CarPlay. Uh, I don't know if you saw the screenshots of that, but no, there, that may be their entry into the cars is building a comprehensive competitive kind of screen experience to Tesla's, um, around an integrated kind of full service, full stack or whatever you want to call it experience in the car. Right. Um, so you base basically be able to manage all aspects of the vehicle through an Apple operating system in the car. So it'll monitor your speed. It'll monitor your, your levels of gas, your fluids, your air pressure, all that stuff would be part of CarPlay now. So I thought it was interesting. And I'm sure I did hear a couple of articles that, or speculation, I don't know, or comments from the radio side of things. A lot of the guys in the consulting side on the radio side were spinning it up saying that this new CarPlay experience um, may give increased opportunity to radio. Um, Harold, we are speaking in Trenton. Yeah. Trenton, New Jersey. Yep. At the. It's podstock.us. Yeah. Podstock.us. And Mike, we talked about the New Year's agents earlier. The Averro Asset HTTP user agent key. Uh, that's the term it's being used for the, uh, the new, uh, the new thing that they're announcing in iOS 16 that will help podcast measuring companies like us and yeah. you. Yep. It, it says a key that specifies the user agent of request that an asset makes. So, uh, right. And of course, in Apple S, their documentation is very extensive. That's one thing they are good about is they are good at writing their API documentation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're very, very thorough. <laughs> I think that's some t- someone's full, or maybe several people's full-time job over there, just <laughs> writing th- these things out. Yeah. 
So. So. All right, Todd, I think we've got okay. into enough oh, trouble on yes, this yes, show today. I think, I think we have. Um, and we had a good audience on Facebook today. Thanks for everybody for hanging out. I didn't check YouTube, but, uh, yeah, I got to get off here. I got another interview to do. So, uh, and, and it's a long one too. It's, it's, they, they've scheduled it for an hour and a half. So wow. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but, uh, I'm prepared to talk for another hour and a half today. So are they a podcaster? Yeah. Yeah. These, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> so it should should be easy to go at least an hour with a podcast. Easy, right? yeah. Easy, easy, easy. Um, all right, so everyone, newmediashow.com. Please go over there and follow or subscribe to the show. Fill out our audience survey if you have not done that already. Make sure you do that. Matter of fact, I haven't looked at those results. So again, go fill out our audience survey. We know who you are, but we want to. we really want to know who you are. Because we want to, we want to, but we don't really know that much. We, we don't, and we don't sell it to anybody. So don't worry. Right. (laughs) Um, anyway, so Todd at blueberry.com blueberry without the ease because we couldn't afford the ease at geek news on Twitter. So those E's are still expensive, huh? 2 million, 2.3 million, something like that. Wow. Those are expensive E's. Mm -hmm. I can be reached on Twitter uh, as well, um, at Rob Greenley, and I have my own website, robgreenley.com. You can reach me on email, robg at lipson.com, and love to hear from you. Feedback is always welcome, and always uh, enjoy that. Right, Todd? Yep, and I'm going to probably feed the other NAB interview this week, so expect two shows to drop this week. Uh, okay. And uh, that'll be it. We're going to wrap. We're going to get out of here. Everyone be safe. Wow, we did make it. It is, it's time. Okay. Uh, see you next week, everybody. everybody take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Oh, what happened? Oh, wrong mouse button.